Welcome to episode 203 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, all of our backpacking gear is in moving boxes, and it's sitting in the barn waiting for us to unpack them. And even amid all the chaos of a move, we're keeping the podcast going, but we couldn't have done it without a few of our fabulous listeners who will be contributing to today's show. All this, and we're keeping it simple, so (laughs) that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. So we recently moved recently meaning just a few days ago, (laughs) moved from a big house on a small lot to a small house on a big lot. We're going from 0.2 acres to 2 acres. And we're going from just inside city limits to just outside city limits. And we're going from a 20-year-old home to a 100-year-old home. Which means we have a ton of home renovation projects to do while we're trying to live in the house. And take care of kids. Yeah, make sure they get to school and stuff. (laughs) And in this move, we lost our recording closet. Yeah, so today, uh, since we don't have a new recording room set up yet, uh, we decided to walk out past the back of our two acres into the hazelnut orchard. And we are currently recording from the hazelnut orchard. It's a little interesting (laughs) because it's fall and the hazelnuts are dropping. And so every few seconds, we hear a hazelnut drop somewhere behind us or around us. And we're just waiting for one to hit our heads. (laughs) Inside of our house, we're surrounded by just chaos and dust and knob and tube wiring and lath and plaster walls, like all of these things we've never heard of until we bought this house. So, well, we've heard of chaos and dust before, but <laughs> everything else is kind of new. So, yes, our lives are in a little bit of upheaval right now, which we love. It's fun. We chose it. It's our stress. It's our chaos. But, yes, it does mean that our backpacking gear is all in boxes and bins. And thanks to Josh's brilliant numbering system, we actually know where everything is. So the backpacking boxes all got labeled number six, and they all went in the number six pile. And all those piles are in the pull barn behind the house. We've pulled as little as possible into the house while we work on it. So if we need something backpacking related, we wander out to the pull barn, we look for pile number six, and we start rummaging through boxes. Yep. In fact, a friend came over this week to borrow a tent. Actually, it took us a good 30 minutes to find it because the box got mislabeled or didn't get labeled with the number six, but we found it and now she's off on a backpacking adventure this weekend. So that's pretty cool. Do you think our backpacking experience has prepared us for this move? I wish I could say yes. (laughs) I don't know if anything has quite prepared us for this move. You know, if anything, I think resiliency and the ability to rough it. Yes. Those two skills, being okay with a little bit of dust and dirt and um, being able to bounce back from these little uh, things that we're discovering in our house. On backpacking trips, we get really used to doing these tedious little things that uh, would be really quick and easy at home but aren't so easy on the trip. 
like for me, working with my contact lenses is a tedious thing on a backpacking trip. Well, in this new or old house that we bought, it's also tedious because the bathroom has no counter and the mirror is on a different wall than the sink is. And so taking out my contacts is kind of like, well, I'm just, I'm glad I got lots of practice on backpacking trips. It's actually helped. <laughs> Same thing with preparing food. We tore out the kitchen counters and cabinets so that we can renovate everything. And so now we just have a little table set up where we can prepare food. Kind of like backpacking. You have this little area that you have to work with to prepare all your meals. And I, I, so I'm glad we've got that experience. Personally, I think it did help us uh, to be able to cope with this move. Yeah, this has been by far the most stressful move we've ever done. Moving into a house that was in rough shape already. And then also it's a hundred years old. So there's all sorts of crazy surprises, but it's fun. Yeah. You know, for me personally, it's not the most stressful move we've made. Oh. The most stressful one for me was when we traveled 800 miles from Utah to Oregon and found out what a week before the trip that the house that we thought we had rented was a scam on Craigslist. That's right. That was pretty exciting too. That was high stress in my book. Well, you know, I've been asking myself the question, why, even with all the chaos of moving and remodeling and having our home torn apart, why are we continuing the podcast? This question has been weighing on my mind for the last week as we've kind of gotten closer and closer to Tuesday when the episodes come out. And um, I found my answer. This was something that Charles posted to our Facebook page, and this is kind of what kept me going this week as we prepared for this week's episode and for future episodes. He said, in case you were wondering whether or not your podcast had helped change someone's life for the better, I've got good news for you. A little over a year ago, I was in a bad place health-wise. My daughter and I were on a short but strenuous hike, and I ended up having a minor health crisis. After that experience, I decided to turn things around, get more active, eat better, and lose weight. 85 pounds down so far, lots more to go. Walking every day was a major part of my exercise routine, which evolved into hiking, and now I'm conditioning myself to go on longer backpacking trips. Your podcast helped me to discover and maintain my newfound love and fascination with backpacking. In a couple weeks, my nine-year-old son and I will go on our first overnight hike together, and I've got several more trips planned. Thanks for being a part of my improving lifestyle, and thanks especially for all the useful info about hiking and backpacking with kids. Charles from Texas. Thank you so much, Charles, for sharing that with us. I needed to hear that, and I'm so glad that the first 40 miles has helped you in your journey to spend more time outside, spend more time with family, and spend more time backpacking. So in this episode, we're asking all of our listeners to just pardon our dust for a little while while we get settled into our new life, and we'll keep the episodes coming and if you want to share some stories with us, you can go to the first40miles.com slash story. In fact, that's where our listener stories came from today. We'll be sharing three listener stories that we know you will love. 
We're going to play these stories back to back. The first two stories are from George and Chad, a couple of cowboy campers. In fact, in episode 201, we talked about our experience cowboy camping, and you can learn a little bit more about how to cowboy camp. And the third story is from Laura, and she talks about how she decided what counts as a backpacking trip. I just finished listening to your episode on cowboy camping and figured I would share a story with you. Growing up, I was very involved in scouting and loved every opportunity to get out and camp. As I became an older scout, I started to cowboy camp every opportunity that I had. I normally would set up my site right next to the fire so that I would get a bit of extra warmth during the night. On one trip, we were preparing to go to Philmont and camping just outside of the greater Boston area. As usual, I set up my camp right next to the fire and nodded off to sleep. A few hours later, I was awoken by a strange sensation. It was a pressure on my stomach that I couldn't explain, and I was wondering if I had eaten something bad for dinner. As I opened my eyes and looked, I realized that a raccoon had wandered into camp and decided that I was a good log to perch itself on and look around. Realizing that the worst thing I could do was to startle the raccoon, I slowly put my head down and within about 10 seconds, he climbed off my stomach and continued wandering around camp looking for any scraps of food that we may have left behind. That was probably my closest encounter with wildlife or any other type of critter while being out backpacking or camping and doing cowboy camping. But it does make you realize that the camp does come alive at night and you never know who your visitors will be. Hi, my name's Chad. I am from Westport, Massachusetts. And this is a story that happened to me several years ago while I was through hiking the Appalachian Trail. This night, I happened to be hiking on Mount Greylock in Massachusetts. And at the end of the day, I uh, stopped camp on the side of the mountain in a little field. And it was a nice night, so I decided to cowboy camp. No tent. In the middle of the night, while I was sleeping, I felt something lick my nose. I immediately woke up. I'm a light sleeper. I threw my sleeping bag over my head and didn't know what to do. So after a few seconds, I didn't hear anything. And I peeked out and I saw a bear running into the woods. So I guess a curious bear had seen me and wanted to check me out and get a little taste. But uh, ended up okay. I went back to sleep. And... Uh, that was probably the scariest thing that happened in my hiking career. Hi guys, my name's Laura. I live in Maryland and I really appreciate the podcast because it has helped me to put things in perspective and here's why, because it's my story of how I overcomplicated things. When I first wanted to get into backpacking because I love being outside, we're big camping people. We've gone on like six camping trips so far this year, calendar year. Um, So we definitely, we just came back from West Virginia for a week. So we love being outside. But as much as I love our little tiny children, I like to be away from them sometimes. And I would also like to do that sometimes with my husband who grew up backpacking. So eventually we'll hopefully 
have be like you guys and have our kids going out with us. But for now, I just want to be able to go out with my husband and I knew absolutely nothing. So I turned to YouTube and I searched backpacking and what came up were some regular Joes talking about oh, this is a sleeping bag I like, and this is my review of my personal pack, and I like this, and I like that. And that was great. It was really helpful. But then I turned to a couple YouTube backpacking celebrities, I guess, like Darwin on the Trail and um, that kind of stuff. And it just got me into making myself feel like what I was doing with my like little trips and stuff weren't real. So I went on a trip with a friend... <laughs> There's one of my small children. Hi, buddy. Yeah. One of my friends, we did 26 miles in two days, and I came back still feeling like that wasn't real. And I went on another trip by myself in Shenandoah National Park, and I did 14 miles and still felt like that wasn't real. And I'm about to take a day trip on Saturday in Shenandoah, and I'm just like, that doesn't count as a backpacking trip. We're only going to be gone for like eight hours. So the podcast episode of Back to Basics definitely came in at a good time because I think I needed to hear it. So thank you. You guys are both very refreshing and I appreciate your podcast and how real you both are, both about just your lives and about each other and all that. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. And we want to thank George, Chad, and Laura for sharing their stories. If you want to share your story, go to thefirst40miles.com slash story. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, Laura, who just shared her story, shares a hack with us for how to increase your warmth without spending a lot of cash on a warmer sleeping bag. Hi, Josh. Hi, Heather. I was just listening to episode 90 about hammocking and Josh mentioned how he sleeps really cold and I feel you on that. I also sleep very, very cold and I'll go on a backpacking trip and sleep in a 32 degree bag down bag when it's like 50 or 60 at night and then I'll be comfortable. I won't be hot though. And so I definitely understand one um thing i don't know if you've ever heard of I'm sure you have but down booties um game changer that's something that even when it's the summer like i'm going on a trip in shenandoah next weekend taking my down booties you can get them on amazon but it has absolutely changed my backpacking experience and has made it so much better but anyway so i actually found a pair of down booties on amazon for much che- cheaper than the duck foot or goose feet or whatever the brand is. I'm sorry, I can't remember it. Um, but they were obviously not going to be as good a quality because they were like $12 versus like 50 or whatever it was. But if you are super cold sleeper, um, I would invest. Okay, bye. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom, which is a Bantu proverb. It says... Work is good, provided you do not forget to live. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books and merch, check out thefirst40miles.com slash shop. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles.
Can you say bye? Bye. Good boy. Oh, we're spilling juice on the floor. Okay. Sorry, guys. Real life.